today we are talking about uh, life. His life is in him. Uh, we know that life is in Jesus. Jesus is the source of life. But here in our text today, uh, when the Bible says his life is in him, Paul was saying this in, in regard to that young man who fell off uh, the third story uh, of that building. And so as we study this story, as we study scripture, let's ask God's direction that he may lead my words and guide me that I may convey his message. Please join me as far as possible as we pray now. Lord, we once again praise you and thank you. And at this very moment, Lord, when we are going to study the words of scripture and study this episode that happened, that we may, Lord, understand the message you have for us this morning. Father, I ask that every word that I say here, every thought that is conveyed, may be, Lord, the perfect representation of your message for us today, even in spite of my frailties, in spite of my weaknesses. I ask, Lord, that I may be used by you. Anoint my lips and hide me behind the cross of Christ. May his name be glorified today and always. I ask you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So Paul was a missionary. He was one who traveled quite extensively. And he traveled, uh, the Bible records at least three of his missionary journeys. And this is the third missionary journey of Paul. And he was actually on his way back, coming back from Corinth, uh, back to Jerusalem. He's starting to make his way back. And after a few stops, he got to Philippi. And after Philippi, he goes to Troas. And that's where this episode took place. He had been in Troas already. Paul had been there and people knew him. And so he comes back to this place where he had visited before and he is very well received. He is welcomed there. And the believers were waiting for him. And as soon as he, uh, as soon as he uh, disembarks the boat, people are there waiting for him. The Bible says that he goes ahead and he, he meets with the believers there. For uh, a few days, he stayed there seven days, according to the Bible, teaching them, talking to them. And on the last day of his stay there, he was going to depart the next day, according to what the Bible says. And then the believers gathered together again for, for the last time together, for a meal together, which would be the Lord's Supper, just like we're going to have here today. So they're going to break bread. That's the expression that the Bible uses to mean that they were going to have communion service. They were going to share, to partake of the bread and the grape juice representative of the body of Christ and of his blood. And so just like today, they gathered for that communion service, just like today we are gathered here. The Bible says that Paul, Paul spoke long, very long. He's, he went on and on and spoke until midnight. And I wonder if I could do that today. If you would be fine with that. Since we are doing exactly what they were doing there. Now notice in verse 8. In verse 8 the Bible says that there were many lamps. In the upper room where they were gathered together. There were many lamps. And I believe that those lamps generated a great amount of heat. And smoke. Which may have contributed to the drowsiness of this young man. Eutychus. 
You know, the lamps are not like the electric lamps we have today. They were oil-fueled. Uh, and so there was a, a, a huge amount of heat and, and smoke. And he's getting drowsy. And he's getting drowsy, and sleep seems to overcome him. He was sitting on the windowsill. He was sinking into deep sleep, and Paul kept talking, kept talking, kept on talking. Well, it just so happened that sleep overcome and took the best of Eutychus, and he fell off the window from the third floor. And those who were at the scene rushed to help him. But the Bible says that he was picked up dead. Now Paul went down himself and he threw himself according to what the Bible says. He threw himself upon the young man. He embraced him and told everyone not to worry, not to be alarmed, not to be distressed, not to be troubled. Because even though the young man had just been dead, now his life is in him. He is alive again. And so the Bible says that Paul goes back up to the chamber where they were meeting. And they, they partake of the communion. And then Paul talks still a little longer. And he goes on and on until daybreak. And finally Paul departs and everyone was able to witness the miracle that had just happened. They were able to witness that the young man Eutychus was alive. And that brought them great comfort. It's interesting the expression the Bible's use, Bible uses. The Bible says that they were not a little comforted. They were not moderately comforted. They were greatly comforted. Because of that miracle. Now, this story, you probably knew this story. And you've probably heard sermons on this story. And the most immediate lesson that we preach when we that we teach when we preach about this is that you know you should never sleep in church you must stay awake this is not the time to be sleeping Jesus is coming soon so keep your eyes open listen to what the preacher is saying this is the most immediate most popular lesson we draw from this story but I'd like to to lead you into other lessons that I believe are right there in the story First, there is something here that we notice that they used, the believers in Troas used every opportunity they had to be together. So let's also learn that and use any opportunity we have to be together with those who are of our faith. Because this togetherness, togetherness this unity strengthens us. It helps us be strong, it helps us be together, we are not alone. We may be facing difficulties in our lives. We may be going through difficult times. The world is, is crazy. The world is, is lost. But we have togetherness. We have unity. We have hope. We have encouragement from one another. Also, let's never miss. And, and this, what I'm saying here, I hadn't planned on, on being asked the question I was asked today. I didn't know I was going to be asked that question. But this is actually an answer to a question I was asked today here this morning in church. Also, do not ever miss out on an opportunity to partake of this unleavened bread. And of the grape juice that represent the body and the blood of Christ. Every time you have an opportunity to partake in communion, do it. 
Because this not only celebrates the sacrifice of Christ, but reminds us of His soon coming. Because He said that He would not take part on that supper again until we would back would be with Him in heaven. And so, let's never miss out on the opportunity. Even if it happens a little frequent. You know, you usually have four communions a year. I have eight. Because I have two churches. And I take every opportunity to participate. Not only because I'm the pastor, but I, I, I'm intentional about that. I, I try to make that meaningful to me. And that's my word for you. It's not only partaking in the sense of eating and drinking, but of preparing for that. Of making the preparation for that. Of having our mindset, uh, our mindset on partaking of it as, an, as emblems of the body of Christ and of His sacrifice. I believe there is another lesson we learn from this story as well. That we must be attentive to the needs of other people in the church. And you see that young man was there because he wanted to hear Paul speak. And the room was filled to capacity. There was no place to sit. And he is there. He decided to perch on that windowsill. And he's there and he's getting drowsy and he's getting sleepy. But nobody notices it. Nobody noticed it. And he's overcome by sleep and not even the speaker noticed it. Not even the speaker noticed that the young man was falling asleep. And he finally fell off the third floor. And that's when people noticed that there was a need. It was kind of late now. And so my word to you is, look around. As I think we're studying the book of Acts here every, every Wednesday, right? Chapter by chapter. And this past week, uh, we are talking that there was this sense of community in the early Christian church. And I don't think that there was uh, any need for me to come to my brother Scott, for example, and say, Brother, I'm in need of this or I'm in need of that. Because Scott would just notice it. He would just sense it. And people would sense the needs of one another. And even before people would ask, they would be proactive in helping others. And so let's be more attentive to that. Let's be more attentive to the needs of others in the church. And I'm taking that lesson for myself. I'm not speaking negatively of Paul. But the truth is that the Bible doesn't say that Paul was noticing that. The Bible even says that as the young man was getting drowsy, sleepy, Paul kept on talking. And I pray the Lord will help me as well to be an attentive preacher, an attentive pastor, that I see the needs of those in the congregation. Well, even though Paul may, ha may not have noticed that Eutychus was falling asleep, he stopped everything once the man fell off. And he stopped everything and he rushed down to see if he could help the man. And so many times, you know, brothers and sisters in church, we are, we are too concerned. We are too concerned with uh, many things. But at the end of the day, the one thing that really is worth anything is human life. Human life should always take precedence upon anything else. That's the one thing that really has value 
the value of a soul. We are sometimes too much concerned with the liturgy. We are sometimes too much concerned with the order of service. Not that those things are not important. We may be concerned with losing our place at the line when potluck time comes. Sometimes we are too concerned with growing the church. With baptizing. With, with increasing the numbers. With filling the empty spots in the pews. All of that is important. But at the end of the day it is life that is important. More important. Because it was for your life that Jesus gave his. That's the one thing that's really worth anything. It, it was for your life that Jesus accepted to be like us for a period of time. That you could be offered the gift of everlasting life. It is life that is the most important thing. And so... The Bible says that Paul throws himself upon the young man. He rushes down the stairs and goes outside to see the young man. And he finds the young man dead and he throws himself upon him. This is something that Paul did himself. You know Paul was the preacher. He was the evangelist. But the lessons that we can learn from his life are not only for the preachers, are for all of us. And Paul does, did not ask the elders to go see the man. He didn't say, you know, this is the job of the deacons. This is the job of the registered nurse to go in and pick up someone who's dead. He threw himself upon the young man. He didn't delegate it to anyone. We saw that video in the beginning, the free hug video. And we, and we rejoice when we see that. Right? It is, it is great to see that. It is great to see the reactions. It is great to see that someone thought of offering that as part of outreach. But I, I'd like to ask my church today, I'd like to ask myself, are we, are we prepared? Are we prepared to offer a hug to our brothers and sisters here in the church? Are we prepared to reach out to someone and embrace them? Not only outsiders. Are we prepared to do that to those who are right next to us? It may be easier to hug someone whom we don't know. In those circumstances. I don't know if you are following me. But it may be easier to hug someone who is just a passerby. But hugging someone, embracing someone who sits next to you in church. You know whom... Over time, maybe you have disagreed with, whether in regard to the church work or rather on a personal level, to be willing to, to embrace them, to hug them. It may take more effort, it may take more of, of you than just hugging a, an unknown person. So the Bible says that Paul embraced the young man. It was Paul's embrace. If you read it carefully, the text, you see that it was Paul's embrace that communicated life to the young man. I'm not saying that Paul didn't, didn't pray. I'm not saying that he, he may have prayed. He must have prayed. But the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says that he threw himself upon the young man. And he took him in his arms. 
And the next thing you know is Paul turning to the people and saying, Don't be too concerned, don't be worried, because his life is in him. It was Paul's embrace that communicated life to the young man. It was a life-giving embrace. And you know, I would like to challenge you today to apply that in your life. To apply that today as we are having communion here today. And to ask God that will enable you, to, that it will empower you to offer a life-given embrace. And I know you have many needs. I have mine. I know you have many questions. I have mine. I know you'd love to be reached out. I know you, you, you yearn for someone to come and embrace you. But my challenge today, my appeal today to you is that you be the Paul. That you be the one who will offer this life-given embrace. Life-given, it's a compound word. It is life first. There is, there is life communicated when, when you're filled with the Spirit of God and you communicate life to someone else. And it is giving. It is not receiving. So that's the message today that you offer a life-given embrace to someone. I don't know if you know what Eutychus means. I don't know if you've, uh, maybe in your Bible there are some study notes and you've seen the meaning of the name Eutychus. Eutychus means fortunate. Fortunate. And he was indeed fortunate. He was fortunate to have his life restored. So my question today, my appeal to you today, as we partake of God's uh, communion of the Lord's Supper, is who is the Eutychus you are going to reach out to today? I ask you to look around and see whom you can communicate life to. And maybe there is someone, maybe there is someone because we need to make this we need to make this real, right? Maybe there is someone right here in the church whom you'd like to, to embrace today. Someone whom you haven't talked for a while, even though we are a small congregation. Someone you haven't given much attention to. Don't think this is not the time for you to think, well, there is some th someone who has never talked to me. I wish they would come to me today. Or you go talk to them. You go embrace them. You go hug them. And we'll have the perfect opportunity to do that. As we go down, as we separate for the foot washing. And then we'll sing together and we'll pray together. And then we can take some time after the prayer. After the prayer, let's take some time. There is no rush. We'll all be together here. Paul spoke until midnight. That's not going to happen today. So no rush. After prayer, let's take time to hug one another. To say words of encouragement. To speak words of encouragement. And to embrace one another. And you may want to look for someone whom you haven't offered and embraced for a long time. Whom perhaps you have never talked to. And be a blessing to them. Be a blessing to them. May the Lord bless us as we partake of this communion today.